Your Steve Jones Show podcast is loading now. The Steve Jones Show podcast is sponsored by Sunbury Motors, North 4th Street in Sunbury, and Sunbury Motors Kia, routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Sports talk where your voice counts. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. In a few moments, the new play-by-play voice on television for the Pittsburgh Penguins, Steve Mears. But first of all, the play-by-play call of the day, authored by Tim Roy, the voice of the Warriors on 95-7 the game. Durant middle, drives on love, double to Iguodala, touch pass to McCaw, dribbles right side, back to Durant, loads up a three, got another one, KD has 33, confusion here, they're going to run the clock off, the road to redemption has brought the Warriors back home, the Golden State Warriors are the 2017 NBA champions, final score, Golden State 129, Cleveland 120. Well... You're wondering why there was confusion at the end. Kevin Durant got so excited that they won. He's, he picked up his dribble, started walking with the ball. Well, there was three and a half seconds to go. They had to call for traveling. That's why the confusion. <laughs> All right. Let's bring in Steve Mears now. Uh, the new play-by-play voice on television of the Pittsburgh Penguins. Steve, congratulations and welcome. It's great to have you with us. Yes, I am. Thank you very much, guys. I appreciate it. It's uh, it's going to be an awesome year. It's, it's such a thrill with uh, everything that's gone on now, especially over the last week and uh, being there in Nashville. It just gets me really excited, even more so. I certainly was a month ago, but uh, now being around the team, getting an opportunity to see everybody in the organization for the last couple of weeks in both Pittsburgh and Nashville, just uh, really counting down the days. And what is it, 99 days till training camp? So uh, I cannot wait to get started next year, especially now that uh, we're talking about back-to-back Stanley Cup champions. Exactly. You are you're a Murraysville guy. So when did you get the hockey bug? How how you how old were you? I was 10, 11 years old. I mean, I was the perfect age, and uh, the circumstances came together perfectly. It was I was at that age where you're 10, 11, and Mario Lemieux is 10 feet tall, as far as I was concerned. And uh, they had this unbelievable team, numerous Hall of Famers. They went back-to-back championships, and they had the perfect guy narrating it in Mike Lang and uh, the greatest announcer, the greatest player. So this whole whirlwind of, of circumstances came together at that time. And I was just one of several people in that whole generation that started playing hockey, got interested in it, watched every game, every night, coming home from school, finish your homework, and then go. And, and at 7 o'clock, it was turn on KBL or Prime Sports or whatever it was and uh, watch the Penguins. And that, that's what I did, and that's what a whole generation of kids did. And that now is multiplied the, with this Crosby generation that, that followed mine. So, uh, that yeah, that was I, I was very fortunate. 
fortunate that uh, the timing worked out so well. And uh, and to this day, playing hockey, loving the game, and uh, and it's, it's awesome to see a new younger generation taking advantage of the many facilities that are in Western Pennsylvania, playing hockey more frequently, and and seeing the sport thriving as it has now for a couple of decades. Exactly. Uh, you come out of Bowling Green, and then you went to the Bossier Shreveport Mudbugs of the Central Hockey League. Uh, what did that do to start honing your skills where you found a style? Yeah, that was huge. That was, uh, and it wasn't even so much broadcasting at that time because the, <laughs> yeah. as you guys know, minor league sports, you're wearing many hats. So yeah. broadcasting is like five or ten percent of the job. And I go down to Louisiana, and it's the greatest four years I could ever ask for. And I'm still very good friends with a lot of the people involved with that organization. I, I like I said it was like getting your masters in hockey. You learned every <laughs> aspect of the business and the business of running a sports team and you're doing team services, you're doing PR, you're doing sales and broadcasting. All of a sudden it'd be like, oh, it's almost 7 o'clock, got to go up, call the game. And doing those reps, doing games by yourself, doing games in the middle of nowhere in Texas and all throughout the Midwest where we had a passionate fan base, but uh, it gave me the opportunity just to to work on so many skills. And you just develop your style over time. In the college days, you guys would laugh if if you heard me doing a game. It sounds like someone doing an impression of Mike Lang. It's exactly what it sounds like. But then after a while, you get to develop your own style, and you start pulling from other great broadcasters, whether it's Doc Emmerich or even guys who aren't even known as hockey guys like Bob Costas and Al Michaels, and you just pull from each and every one of them. And now, after working in the NHL for a number of years, you, you just develop your own style, and uh, and that's what's uh, served me pretty well here over the last 10 years or so in the NHL. What was the Islanders' experience like for you, Steve? The Islanders, it was an incredible first NHL job. I, I was very lucky. I'd never been to New York at all, even for a vacation or anything. My first trip to New York City was the interview for the job. <laughs> so you talk about overwhelming. Um, it was uh, now being on Long Island, a little different than Manhattan, so I, I had the kind of the small town feel with the Islanders. But it, it was an incredible opportunity. I was very, very lucky at a young age. You know, you're kind of too, almost so young you don't even realize it. You're 26 years old and, and just uh, showing up and, and being in awe of so many people that you grew up watching. I remember walking into the Rangers dressing room early on. One of the first games I did was an Islander Ranger game, and, and there's Yarmir Yager. And how many times? <laughs> did I watch him at the igloo as he dominated and uh, now he's, he's playing for the Rangers having a lot of success with the Rangers and there he was standing right in front of me and I'm like nervously holding this microphone in a media scrum and thinking there's Yarmer Yager my first uh, NHL game I did was in Arizona and the coach was Wayne Gretzky <laughs> so one of the first media scrums again talking about nervously holding the microphone you're there in a media scrum and Wayne Gretzky is the coach of the then Phoenix Coyotes so these are my idols, and I was very, very lucky, very fortunate to be around so many 
great people in the Islanders organization. Howie Rose, Billy Jaffe, Chris King, yeah. and uh, a lot of great players. Billy Guerin, who I saw in Nashville and in Pittsburgh, and now with the Penguins organization. He was the captain at the end of my time with the Islanders. So uh, I was incredibly fortunate to have that as my first NHL gig. Yeah. Now in between, uh, this will be your second time through with an affiliation with the Penguins. But in between, there's been the NHL Network. Uh, these specialty networks over recent years have cropped up. You know, everything from the Big Ten Network to the NFL Network. What's what was the experience like at NHL Network, and what was it like to be in a place that thought hockey twenty four seven? I, I love it to this day. I mean, here we are. We're getting ready for a show, and uh, I just walk around this building, and it, it, it's so much fun. You know, for a hockey nerd like myself, and also just a baseball fan, because we have MLB Network here right. as well in in Secaucus, New Jersey, as a baseball fan, lifelong Pirate fan. But also as as just a uh, hockey student, uh, loving the history of of the game and getting to be around so many different analysts and and uh, hockey people that I have a ton of respect for, it, it's incredibly fun. And uh, I'm just thinking back now in, in a very nostalgic mood because my time is winding down here. Probably going to be here for another month or so. But I'm, I'm I've been over the last couple of weeks reflecting on my, my NHL network time and, and some, some of the experiences. You, just to be on the ice when the LA Kings won the, their first ever Stanley Cup, uh, when the Blackhawks won uh, in Chicago. They had won before on the road, but having to getting it done in Chicago and, and being on the ice for the Cup celebration, getting to interview everyone from Bobby Orr to Patrick Waugh to Timu Solani. Uh, it, it's been so much fun. and we, um, Maybe the most fun was the just doing shows with EJ Raddick and whether it was NHL Live or NHL Now and, and you never knew what was going to happen on any any given day. Some days you might have a coaching change. You might have a blockbuster trade. Sometimes those things happen when we were on the air. Yeah. So we're doing two hours live TV every day for five seasons and uh, there, every storyline we covered, it, it was so much fun. A lot of work, a lot of hard work being up on 30 teams and every storyline. And, and you have to be sharp because otherwise you'll be exposed very quickly. Hockey fans in, in all 30 markets are are uh, incredibly bright, and they, they know the history and they know what's going on with their team. So, uh, yeah, it was, it was a challenge to, to stay as sharp as possible and, and as uh, up on all the news surrounding every one of the teams and every player. But it, it was incredibly fun and uh, – I, I'm going to miss everybody here. Hopefully they can have me back at some point just for a visit. Maybe when, we, when the Penguins come to play the Devils I can go, or the Rangers or the Islanders, I can come down the road and just for old time's sake, hop on the set and uh, just talk some hockey like we've been doing now for the last five seasons. Uh, what's it, I want to ask you about, let's talk hockey for a few moments. I know you've got a show to get ready for. I know that, but we'll ask a couple more questions. Vegas is going to be next with, with an expansion draft. Uh, they only with one expansion team. Uh, what do you think are the, you know, let's, it's kind of an odd way of phrasing it considering the market, but the odds are of, of Vegas being a success. Well, if you're talking about next year alone, no, in the no, short I'm term, ta- I'm talking long term. You're talking, talking long term. I'm talking about ten, fifteen years down the road because you and I both know the first two or three years there's not going to be a lot of success, even though they probably will get the best expansion draft, maybe of any expansion team based on you know how this thing works. But still, yeah, you know. But what do you think about ten, fifteen, big picture? I like what I've, I've seen so far. I mean, I, I was out there. We had the Wayne Gretzky Fantasy Camp, which is in Las Vegas every year, and I was there in March, and I got an opportunity to see a little bit of the grassroots 
hockey level and, and one of the rinks there. And then I also got an opportunity to go over to T-Mobile Arena, oh. which is almost oh. literally right on the Vegas Strip. Oh, I mean, yeah. it's, right, it's right behind New York, New York. Yep. And I'm walking around the arena and thinking, this is a dream. And this is yeah. like, imagine you're, you're a player or a broadcaster or a coach or anybody involved with this team and how much fun this would be. And especially if you're starting a team from scratch, I mean, it must be incredibly fun if you're George McPhee right now or anybody on that on that staff, especially with the expansion draft coming up. Big picture, I think that there's a lot of potential, a, a lot of reasons, too. First of all, as you said, they're going to have a, a pretty good crop of players to choose from, better than previous expansion drafts. So, it's not going to be a case where they're terrible, like bottom feeders for five years in a row. They may not be a playoff team, certainly not right away, but they have a lot of potential, especially if they were to get a goalie like Marc-Andre Fleury. I mean, what a great starting point that is. So they will be better than probably any expansion team that we've seen recently out of the gate. And then they have a lot of other potential for success. It's a place where any free agent would love to go and have an awesome time. The weather's fantastic. The economy is successful and it seems to be a, a thriving and growing city the arena looks beautiful yes and overall they have an owner who is has the wherewithal and the, and the resources and is committed to this game loves hockey and bill, bill foley he has the money that's the biggest thing you have yeah. to be a billionaire these days not just a millionaire mm-hmm. and uh, they've, they've got the potential so uh, i i like what i see i, I think it's got a lot of potential for not just hockey but other sports as well and uh, there is a little uncertainty just being the the first officially now the first uh, sports team to go into vegas and uh so far from what i've seen from the potential the fan base i know minor league teams have done well there in the past and uh, now they take it to another level and and they will have an opportunity to be successful and that's all you can ask for yeah the arena i i went i did a basketball tournament there about a year and a half ago and we went we walked over and saw the arena incredible i mean it really is a, a great place uh, one final question: You get these defending Stanley, two-time defending Stanley Cup champions. When you take a look at what they have, how excited are you to see that team every day uh, and, and get to work their games based on the talent you see in Pittsburgh? Yeah, I, that's the, the best part. And, and someone was asking me about uh, how much I missed that being with a team, any team, yeah. for the the course of a season. All the ebbs and flows, the winning streaks, the losing streaks. Every team is going to go through some turmoil, and and then have some unbelievable moments and maybe some historic moments. And this team certainly has the potential to do historic things on any given night. Uh, and and I, it is a it is something that I'm familiar with because I was there, as you said, I was there before doing Penguins Radio. So I got to be around Crosby and Malkin, and I know a lot of these guys, and I know how much of a blessing it is just to watch them in practice every day. You show up at the practice rink, and you're you're always just looking to see what are these guys doing, and to watch Crosby and Malkin and Flurry and and now Matt Murray to watch them in practice every day as the media is able to do and when you're covering a team and that's that's what you do on a regular basis you know, I, I really have missed that and if there's one team you want to watch in practice it's the Pittsburgh Penguins yeah. so uh, to, to, if you think about that who wouldn't want to go back in time and watch Wayne Gretzky yeah. or Mario Lemieux or even Bobby Hull 
anyone, any of the legends on a daily basis and just see how they prepared and how they trained and the neat things that they could do on the ice when when the game isn't going on and the intensity, the scrutiny of, of the hockey game isn't going on and what they do. So I, that's one area that I'm really excited about, getting back to seeing these guys on a regular basis, how they conduct themselves, which is always first class in that organization, led by Crosby, of course. And uh, to be able to see these players. Now, Crosby, Malkin, especially with this recent cup, they are among the greatest, in that, now in that stratosphere of the absolute greatest players in the history of the sport. And uh, it's just a, such a privilege to be able to watch them every single day. And I'm going to be looking forward to it and, and uh, very thankful that I'll be able to walk in and, and just sit back and uh, watch the show every day, whether it's game night and we're calling the game or if it's just a simple scrimmage in training camp or if it's a practice I know I'm going to be really fortunate because I'm watching some of the greatest players ever to play the sport well you talked about first class they're going to have a first class guy in the booth thanks so much Steve appreciate it very very much we look forward to watching you and listening to you for the next few years thank you I really appreciate you having me and thanks for saying that Uh, keep in touch looking forward to next year Steve Mears, the new television play-by-play voice of the Pittsburgh Penguins. We'll come back with more in a moment. Today's show brought to you by Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. On News Radio 1070 WKOK. Great to be with you on this uh... Hot Tuesday will break the heat wave tomorrow, which is great news. We're up about 90 degrees here today, and then we'll drop down to about 80 tomorrow. 10 degrees will make a big difference without question, so we're looking forward to that. Uh, Now, yeah, hockey is now officially over. Our thanks to Steve Mears, by the way, for being on the show. Uh, NBA season basketball now officially over. Our thanks to Mike Conti for being on the show today. U.S. Open Golf Championships, the next major national event coming up. And this is this is the opportunity now for the next six weeks or so where baseball can take center stage and we can get engaged in what's happening in the baseball season. Now, in minor league baseball, the season around here gets underway Monday. A defending New York Penn League champion, State College Spikes will take on the Williamsport Crosscutters, and then the two teams will shift a week from tonight, Tuesday night, up to Bowman Field, and I am really anxious to see the great renovations that they've done up there, including the brand-new field. Uh, to be honest with you, I never liked that field that they had up there. Uh, if you ever walked on it, you could you could see why. Uh, but, they, you know, it takes money to put a field in. Uh, the, the the grounds crew up there worked really, really hard in that field over the years, really hard. But now they've got something else to work with, a brand-new field. They put that in uh, about, hmm, I'd say, two, two and a half weeks ago they put it in. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. So so here we are now where the NBA season's over. You can debate you know, super teams and how they were put together, but I think you got to look deeper than that. I mean, they signed a free agent to go with players they drafted. What, because you're smarter than somebody else about how you draft? That's, you know, that's that's not criminal. I mean, just speaking, you know, San Antonio won its first title because they had David Robinson on the team. Robinson was what? I think he was out for the whole year hurt. 
and they fell to having the first overall pick in the draft, it would turn out to be Tim Duncan. They won a title together. Duncan and Robinson won a title together. That's just fate. That's just luck as to how it plays out. Uh, So this era of super teams they keep talking about. So let's give everyone a refresher now on where we are in Major League Baseball. Uh, although I, I, I'm going to do that in the final half hour. I always love the, the look at the ESPN.com headlines. Have you looked at this? Warriors say no decision on White House visit. Who cares? Um... UCF tells kicker you can't proffer from YouTube. Okay. Uh, Beckham, contract down for me to discuss. Okay, proper. Uh, Let's see. What else we have here? Hawaii offers scholarship to fifth-grade quarterback. Irrelevant. France fans join in to sing English national anthem. Irrelevant. Brewers third baseman uh, Shaw's newborn has heart surgery. All right, now that's relevant. LeBron's legacy is as intact as Jordan's. Who cares? He's still playing. Ah, oh, this legacy thing drives me crazy. Taking your calls at 800-795-9565. This is the Steve Jones Show on News Radio 1070 WKOK. Now from the Sunbury Motors Studio, here's Steve Jones. Sunbury Motors, 4th Street in Sunbury. Sunbury Motors, Key Routes 11 and 15 in Hummel's Wharf. Time now for the sports bozo of the day. An 11-year-old quarterback was offered a scholarship by the University of Hawaii on Saturday. Oh, what are we doing here? I mean, after a while, you just sit there like, what are we doing? Scouts on a road trip. Oh, where are you going? Pony League game. He must have a cannon. Uh, Said he likes Titan and what he does. We both agree that he's different. He carries himself differently. They said they want to offer a scholarship and asked how I felt about it. I know what my older son went through in the recruiting process, and it's difficult. His older son's at Nevada, especially with us being in the middle of the Pacific Ocean. So when the, so an opportunity knocks, you answer the door. Uh, they play in a, they play high school football in Oahu. No, not high school. He's in fifth grade in Oahu. The verbal scholarship offer comes one week after Florida Atlantic coach Lane Kiffin offered a sixth-grade quarterback. Oh, boy. Kiffin also offered a seventh-grade quarterback. Ay, ay, ay. Well, I mean, what are we doing here? He's in fifth grade. I will get the last laugh if he has a great high school and college career and gets drafted by Tennessee. 
Titan to the Titans, and you just, you know, that's just the easiest headline you could write. Sure. <laughs> but, I mean, let's just let kids. Absolutely. Kids. Sure. Let them have fun. I just, God, I just can't. I'm sorry. I just can't. I, I can't buy into this stuff. This is ridiculous. It's just to grab a headline or something. Hey, okay, yeah, we know Hawaii is a program. I know Lane Kiffin coaches. But that's it. Okay, uh, let's uh, get to our Major League Baseball primer. So with the Stanley Cup final over, the NBA finals over, U.S. Open's coming up, let's tell everybody where everybody is. So here we are at this stage, approximately 60 games into the season, give or take. Maybe 60, 65 games into the season. So we still got about 95 to 100 to go. The Yankees have been playing great. Aaron Judge having a big year, and they have a four-game lead over the Red Sox in the East. Tampa Bay is six and a half back. The Orioles are seven and a half back, and those four teams are all 500 or better. And a game under 500 after a really bad start now is the Toronto Blue Jays. They're eight back. So that's how good the East has been. In the Central, you only have two teams over 500. In the West, you have one. In the Central, the Twins lead it. The Indians are one game back, but two games over 500. Detroit is three back. Kansas City's five back, and the White Sox are six back. Houston's having a great year. They're 44 and 21 through 65 games. They're playing 677 baseball. That is the best record in baseball. They're the only team in the West over 500. The Angels, right now without Mike Trout, are 12 games back. Seattle is 12 games back. Texas is 12 games back. And the Oakland A's are 16 games back. In the National League, Washington is the only other team in baseball playing, or excuse me, besides the Yankees and Houston, Washington is the only other team, I, I, I'm correct, Colorado as well, playing over 600 baseball. Washington right now has an eight-and-a-half game lead on the Mets. In fact, Washington's the only team in the East over 500. The Mets are eight-and-a-half back. The Braves are ten back. The Marlins are ten-and-a-half back, and the Phillies are sixteen-and-a-half back. Phillies have been struggling on the road. They're only nine and twenty-seven. Home a little bit better, twelve and fourteen. In the Central, it's the Brewers leading. The Cubs are a game and a half back. The Cardinals are two and a half back. The Reds are three and a half back. And then last are the Pirates at four back. The Brewers are the only team in the National League Central playing over 500. In the West, the Colorado Rockies are playing 621 baseball. They're 41 and 25. And that is good enough for a whopping one-game lead over the Dodgers and a game and a half better than Arizona. The Giants are 14 at back. The Padres are 15 at back. 
that to amend all my 600 baseball stuff. You have three teams in the West playing 600 or better right now. In all the hoopla over the NBA Finals last night and some of the stories I ran down at ESPN.com, on their main page, one of the more important stories on the main page is in here. I mean, this is what they have, besides the ones I, I mentioned. Should Cavs trade a star to compete for the Warriors? Okay, it's a legit story. Durant is the NBA Finals MVP, but not for the reason you think. I have no interest. They are now Durant's Warriors. Really? Great. Fabulous. Okay. Stephen A. Smith against Durant's mom. Okay. Recap on the game. How Warriors took back the crown and how NBA rivals can compete. Will Warriors go back-to-back? ESPN forecast predictions for the 2018 champs. How the Celtics and Lakers became best of enemies. Have you noticed what all the stories are about here? Is LeBron KD the new bird magic? Jay Billis, the transfer rule is trying to make athletes employees instead of students. Now that's an interesting story. Then you have a soccer story on France and England. France leading 3-2 in the 79th minute. All right. Okay, then what's missing here? They finally get to some baseball down here lower. All right? Okay, they show the SunTrust ballpark race of Freeze, which is a cartoon character, racing and how it's a viral sensation. There's a story about Aaron Judge. There should be. All right? A story about Lewis, the number one overall pick. What's not here? What's not here? Last night, after undergoing cancer surgery, Jamison Tyone pitched five scoreless innings for the Pirates last night. And that's not a story? That's not a story? What's Tyone now, 23, 24 years old? 23? Trying to think when he was here in State College, I think it was 2010, so it'd be 70, it'd be 24, 25 now. He has cancer surgery, testicular cancer. And he pitched five scoreless innings last night against the Colorado Rockies. And it's not a story here. I mean, I've scrolled down this whole thing, and there is no story about it here. What? What? Who's running that operation? I mean, my goodness. LeBron's legacy is as intact as Jordan's. Okay, that's great. Click on. Don't want to click on. Legacies are stupid. You discuss, okay, Arnold Palmer had a legacy, all right? But we discussed Arnold Palmer's legacy after his body of work was done. We discussed Bill Russell's legacy, Michael Jordan's legacy, Wayne Gretzky's, Bobby Orr's, Babe Ruth's, Hank Aaron's, Willie Mays, 
after we had the full body of work in place. Now, we're so anxious to attach what is the legacy of Tom Brady. Well, when it's done, we'll discuss it. Okay, LeBron James, when it's done, we'll discuss it. There are too many stories on here that, again, I'm a different generation that I have no interest in. Again, I'm a different generation. But I do understand certain things. You have to remember that when we are doing the Penn State football and basketball television shows, of which I produce some segments, right? who are we trying to appeal to in some of those segments? We're trying to appeal to 16- and 17-year-olds because part of it is it's a recruiting TV show. So you're trying to appeal to them. So believe me, I'm not, I may be older, but I am far from out of touch. I see stuff like this. Click on this story. Click on that story. I'm like, I have no desire to click on any of these stories. None of these stories make sense. Warriors say no decision on White House visit. I don't care. They go, they go, they don't, they don't. What does it matter? I don't, relevant to my life. Um, now, the profit by the uh, UCF kicker, yeah, I might read that. Maybe the only reason why they brought up Golden State going to the White House or not with with Clemson being there yesterday. So maybe that was a No. Yeah. No. They're just doing it because it's part of what ESPN does. Remember, they refer to the Patriots going as a controversial White House visit. I'm like, what? They invited you to the White House. You want to go? You go. You don't want to go. Chris Long doesn't agree with the president. Didn't go. I don't care if you didn't go. What does it matter to me? Brady didn't go. Hey, Danny Amendola did. Okay, great. <laughs> I don't. I don't care. It doesn't matter to me who goes. Well, the Beckham contract holdout's interesting because I mean his contract kind of puts him way down the line in terms of the top receivers in the game, so that's interesting. I mentioned the Hawaii quarterback thing. Who cares? That was just good for a segment to make fun of somebody. Uh, France fans sing English anthem. That's you know, that, that's fine. It's nice little sportsmanship. That's fine. Then the story about the third baseman of the Brewers, Travis Shaw, about newborn having heart surgery. Now that that one, yeah. But you know, other things such as I mean, LeBron's legacy is as intact as Jordan's. Who cares? People want to know who they're going to surround him with next year. Now, I mean, how's that going to work? That's what it wor- That's how it works now. Uh, it's just, I, I know they spent one point four billion dollars. I got that part. I know they spent one point four billion dollars. So every single story is going to be about the NBA. I got that. All right, Dick and Milton. How are you doing today, Dick? I'm good. I, I wanted to. You remember about maybe a year ago or something, maybe two years ago, I mentioned how long I thought the NBA and the NHL season was going, and and they still haven't corrected that. Right. I mean, they play literally. They play like a month and a half before the NHL starts preseason, almost. Well, two months maybe. And the and the same thing with the NBA. I think it's too long. And now my my next complaint is the NCAA baseball and softball seasons. I think they last 
too long, personally. I'm not sure how much interest there is by fans once it gets this late into the middle of summer. Yeah, you know what? um, Yeah. I mean, if you have um, kids involved, that's one thing, but but I guess my point is I don't, I just think it's too long. You, you know what the you know what the biggest issue is, Dick. And this has you know, as a fan, I, I I completely get where you're going here. So this so this is not a but there's an economic reality of people. A lot of people don't realize. Do you realize the first time that franchises in the NHL begin to make money in a season? The start the start the start the start of the third round of the playoffs. Can you believe that? What about teams that aren't in it? Of course, in NHL, almost everybody is in it. The playoffs, so they don't. Right. It's hard um, not to make the playoffs. Yeah, well, this I think that in part this is where the TV contracts kick in, the radio contracts. You know, you get money as you go along. So I think that's when teams, for the most part, that that are even not in it, you know, because they have revenue sharing. The third round is the time they start to make some money. And well, it's, I'll give you I mean, as a fan, as a fan, that you have no control over that, and I, I agree with what you're saying. I mean, I think I've told you this before. I've been going to Canada fishing for over 40 years, and we go the end of September, beginning of October, and we're up there. The NHL's playing preseason games because it's Ottawa. We're only about 60 miles from Ottawa, and it's a big thing up there. They're, you know, it's like football is here, so they're really getting into it. And that's at the end of September, beginning of October, and here it is June. Here it is June, and they're just finishing the season. I mean, it's a long, drawn-out and I understand it's all like, I understand the economics, but there has to be something that can be done about it. I just think it's too long, personally. I think yeah. uh, the NHL and NBA seasons should both be 60 games. Uh, got to the season somehow, I guess. Yeah, it should both be 60 games. I've always felt that, but I also, you know, but then you look at the re- economic reality of it and so forth, you know. Major League uh, Baseball starts so early, in this, and, and yeah, sometimes yeah. it's not feasible to play outdoors. And then they, and they don't end till the end World Series. Sometimes it depends. I'm waiting for one of these. I know we told, talked about this. I'm waiting for one of these years when somebody that doesn't have an indoor stadium plays in the World Series in October, and it's going to be football weather. Colorado, yeah. right? Exactly. Uh, yeah, the Red Sox happened, played Colorado, you know. and they and they lucked out when the Red Sox played Colorado in two, 2007. They lucked out. The weather in Denver was really good that week. But, I mean, the weather in Boston can be bad. Oh, that's, I, I, hey, I went. Hey, I went to Game Two of the 2004 World Series. Game time temperature was 47. It did not get warmer as the night went. I mean, I don't know what they'll do when they run out of days in the year and they're still, and they're not making money. I'm not sure how they'll get around this eventually. Well, uh, there they, again, baseball's talked about rolling back to maybe 154. You know that? They've actually well, talked I, about it. There's a lot of talk about a lot of stuff that never happens, I guess was my point. They do a lot of thinking <laughs> about it, but then that's about that's about, about where it ends, you know. So, sounds I like mean, you've been in like, our pla- sounds like you've been in our planning meetings for the show. Well I don't want to I don't want to belabor this, but I personally you know, I personally think that the high Pennsylvania high school football season is too long. When they, they play almost as many playoff games over half as many as they do league games. I absolutely I absolutely, completely agree with that point. I I don't know how you get around that because it's all about the money. Well, I know. I mean, some of these regional 
you know, you know how many teams make it and records. I remember one time here in District Six and Nine. In order to have a playoff, they said, you know, Mifflin County is going to be in it. And Mifflin County won two games all season. What the heck are they doing in a playoff game? Come on. I don't know. That's but a, I, don't know that, I don't know. Uh, you guys would know this as well as I do. I'm not sure when the final games were for the uh, PIAA football games, but I, it was a. It seemed like it was it was almost Christmas Eve. It was pretty darn late in December. Well, I think I, I think I, what they've tried to do with that is I mentioned that the season opener is seventy three days away, Dick. Yeah, and and that's like August twenty fifth. You notice they moved the season up a week for uh, co- for Penn State or college? No, for high high for high school for high school. They moved oh, the season right. up a week. Well, then they'll complain because kids are out there playing when it's 95 degrees out and practicing. You got that right. So uh, there's a, that'll be the drawback to that. I mean, you should be playing 10 regular season games and then basically whatever your record is, get into the state playoff and go from there. If you win your conference regular season title, then you qualify, move on. Uh, I don't want second-place teams. I don't want, you know, one play four. I think that's ridiculous. I mean, and, and you'll have you'll have kids playing football that basically are, are missing the beginning of basketball season, the beginning of wrestling season. Yeah, uh, they come along as Johnny come lately, the three weeks into the in the you know after the preseason, yeah. and their regular games have started already. Right. Pretty well. I agree. Some of them. I, I, I completely agree with you. I think I uh, you know, I remember talking to George Landis. You know, he played football with Jack at Penn State, and uh, it was Bucknell's head coach at one point. Sure, I and, yeah, I remember. Yeah, and, and I was talking, Jack and I were talking to George. This is over a year ago. It's like a year and a half ago. And Jack said, how many uh, games you got in the postseason? He goes, well, we played ten regular season games. He said, we got six postseason games we're going to go through. What? Six postseason games? My goodness, you know, the Patriots won the Super Bowl. They played three. <laughs> You know, as I say, this has nothing to do with me not being a sports fan because I am. I just think that sports should be almost uh, dictated by kind of like the time of the year, except fall, winter. I agree winter with sport. you. I agree so with you. I don't think it'll ever I, change back again. No, I, I think uh, you're articulating everything perfectly. I mean, including. The caveats you're throwing in there, such as I don't see them ever going back. I think uh, you're, you know, if you and I were sitting in a in a bar right now, we'd be sitting there, and the two of us would be whining, moaning, and complaining about the length of certain seasons. Well, uh, the, good, the good thing about sitting in a bar and, and and talking about this, we could have TVs on what and be watching about fifteen different sports, not teams, but fifteen <laughs> different sports over the same time. Anyhow, from somewhere, I guess and, I'm gonna let it go at that. And plus, plus we could get a guy in charge <laughs> of digital media to pick up a round. There you go. <laughs> maybe fifteen, maybe fifteen different playoffs. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, all at the same all time, right. Dick. <laughs> nice talking to you. You too, Dick. Good points. All right, that wraps. It up for today here on News Radio 1070 WKOK. For the month of June, the word is out about Sunbury Motors Kia, and the word is no. Yes, 
Yes, that's right. No. As in no interest, 0% financing for up to 66 months. And no payments till November on all 2017 Forte, Souls, Optimas, and Serenos. And SMC has them clearly sale priced on the window. 2017 Souls starting at 15328 Forte starting at 15947 Optimas starting at 19997 And 2017 Serenos starting at 23894 And with Kia's 10-year, 100,000-mile limited powertrain warranty, you'll see why Sunbury Motors Kia is into no in a big way. No hassles, no pressure, no problem. Sunbury Motors Kia on the Golden Strip at Hummel's Wharf or at sunburymotorskia.com and say yes before someone else gets your Kia. Tax tags extra, zero percent financing, all quality customers to KMF. Restrictions apply. Warranty is a limited powertrain warranty. For details, the retailer go to kia.com. Who can say no to that? This is WKOK Sunbury.